0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, and I'd like to thank you for joining the show. And whether you've been a long-time listener or this is your first time, uh, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the feed, whether it's an iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever else you get your podcast, Subscribing to the feed will ensure that you don't miss an episode and that you'll get each new episode as soon as it is available. Yesterday I was talking with somebody, and they didn't know how to subscribe to the feed. So um, if you have an iPhone, this is really the easiest way. If you have an iPhone, you have an app on your phone. It's just called Apple Podcasts. And if you go into Apple Podcasts and you search D-E-L-L-I-V-E-R-Y, it will bring the show up. You click on it, you click subscribe, you'll get each new episode as soon as it comes out. And uh, that's really the easiest way. If you have an Android, you just download a, a podcast app. I use Podcast Addict. Um, I use the free version and it's fantastic. And I refresh my feed you know, a couple times a day and I have shows that I listen to constantly and look forward to. So um, if you know how to do it, and you maybe have a friend who doesn't know how to do it, I really appreciate you sharing the show with them, showing them how, downloading it for them, getting them started so that they don't miss out on the show. But enough about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this week's episode. Um, this week I spoke with with Jem. Um, he is a writer for Reed Southampton and also for uh, The Saints Report. And he and I spoke yesterday on Monday about the team, about the manager, about the schedule and about some players that we thought might leave or stay over the summer. And we answered some listener questions. And I'd like to thank once again, all the listeners for sending in those questions. Uh, it really makes the show uh, different. It mixes it up a little bit. And and I really am enjoying those, uh, those questions. So please continue to send those in as much as you can. If my voice sounds a little weird today, it's because I haven't slept very much out of the past 26 hours. I've probably been awake for 24 of them. And, uh, but sometimes things happen with your family. You just got to take care of stuff. So I, uh, my wife encouraged me to put this episode out today and I was just going to put it out tomorrow because I I just wanted to go to sleep. But, um, she encouraged me just to kind of stick it out and do this. So, uh, you can thank her for, for that. And, um, I'm actually really happy to to do this and, and I've been editing this throughout the night. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's gone. I think it's gone pretty well. I think the conversation that I had with Jim will be an enjoyable one. Um, and one last thing before we get to that conversation with Jim Last week, my guest, Jamie Grant, he's been on the show twice now. He runs the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, his mother is running a race, the Southampton 10K, and is raising money for Cancer Research UK. And uh, I was talking with Jamie after uh, the show went out um, throughout the week, texting back and forth, and um, turns out he his mom is raising money for cancer research UK, and um, I, we kind of talked and I told him I'd, I'd put the link in the show notes. So if you are at all interested in helping his uh, Jamie's mom Tracy raise money uh, for cancer research UK by her running the the Southampton 10K, um, then you can donate. Uh, through the link that's in the show notes. It's the first line in the show notes this week. Uh, just click on that. And at the time of recording, we're at 543 pounds and we're trying to get to 600 pounds by the end of this week. So uh, make that final last little push. If you are able to do so, that would be fantastic. Um, and yeah, and that's it. Um, and and some of you might be like, well, why are you doing this or whatever? And And the truth is like, sometimes there are things that are bigger than, than football that are bigger than what goes on on the pitch that, or what goes on in the back room with the, the staff and all that stuff. So, um, I have lost several family members to cancer, several friends to cancer. Um, even part of yesterday was attending a funeral of somebody who, uh, passed away, uh, from cancer. And so um, it's something close to my heart, I guess. And it's something that I, 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 believe in and, and I would love to see a cure for. So, um, if you feel the same way, then you can donate. And if you're unable to donate, um, you know, your, your thoughts and prayers and all that stuff are, are there. And I know there are, are hundreds, if not thousands of, of places you can donate your time and money and all that stuff. So don't feel obligated, but, uh, if you're able, uh, would appreciate it. So, um, anyway, that's there, go ahead and do that if you want. And um, let's move on to the interview with Jim. Like I said, talked to him yesterday on Monday. We spoke for about an hour and 45 minutes. You get about 50 minutes of our conversation uh, focused on the club here for you to listen to. Uh, so here's my, my conversation with Jim and uh, hope you enjoy it. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans, Jim. You can find him on Twitter at V A N D X J K. Uh, he writes for Reed Southampton and the Saints Report. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, no problem. Pleasure.
0: Oh, my, my. it's all mine, man. It's all mine. Um, yeah. A lot has happened in the past week. You know, since uh, yeah. I talked with Jamie, we were I was joking with Aiden uh, two weeks ago. Said like as soon as we put the podcast out, something will change. I told Jamie the same thing last week, and sure enough, in two weeks, we've gotten rid of a manager and hired a manager mere seems like moments after we've uh put the podcast out so it will be interesting to see what happens this week yeah but uh we'll, we'll get to all that stuff but before we do that like, like i said, i just wanted to welcome you and then tell us you know a little bit about you and and are you from southampton or what's what's the what's the deal there what's your connection with with the team
1: well i, I lived in southampton for the majority of my life probably about 16 years and then i just moved away for college and that's Purely the only reason none of the colleges in Southampton had what I wanted to do in the future. So I moved up to Worthing, which is just on the south coast or down near Brighton. Uh, but I kept my season ticket. So I still got quite a good relationship with the club.
0: And so you make the, whatever, about an hour drive or so?
1: Yeah, it's about an hour and a half on the train. So okay, it's
0: not that bad. Train, train versus driving, which one's more popular uh, on the south coast? I know in um, London and stuff, it's probably the train yeah but well, what about down down south coast
1: well obviously i'd I'd probably say train but then for evening games and sunday games you don't want to be driving because it's just rush hour and you're probably going to miss kickoff like i'm i've uh, been a bit late to a few of the europa league games last season because of traffic when my mom drove me down or whatever so i'd get i'd go for the train
0: the train okay yeah um I am planning a trip over and it's i i am really worried we have one bus line where i live and it's yeah. it's, it's absolute garbage nobody uses it and uh <laughs> so whenever i get into a big city and it's like oh we have public transit i'm like i don't i don't this is it scares me so yeah you gotta get mentally prepared for that um so how long have you been a season ticket holder oh, i've been a season ticket holder for four years now okay and anybody else in your family uh um follow saints or well, no
1: Ever since I was younger, it's sort of just my auntie that took me to the games, and she lives in Kent, so she'd come down and we'd go to about two, three games a season. And sort of uh when I grew up, got a bit more money, obviously started paying for a season ticket, and it's paid off. I mean, I've had some of the best times of my life at St Mary's, so it's been mm-hmm. worth it. What 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 section of the stands do you sit in? I uh, sit so in the northern stand. I did originally used to sit in the family stand because obviously my mum was a bit. Wary of obviously like football fans because Samson's a really like family friendly club. So I moved to the Northern a couple of years ago now, been there for two
0: years. And that, if, if I'm correct, that's one of the stands that 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 kind of flanks the the away fans, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, it's literally just next to the away fans.
0: Okay, and then so you guys are kind of the loud ones, is that right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> that is how it goes. Yeah, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. Um, and and I I should ask you too how do you feel because some people have been really critical of the fact that we have kind of our two loudest sections of fans uh, on either side of the away fans and not together what would you prefer would you prefer you guys kind of Um, I think it's itching north right would you guys be together or do you like kind of how it is
1: well in in an ideal world I'd I'd just like the whole stadium to stand up and (laughs) sing but if if I had to have it I probably would probably move those itching fans over to the Northern or just on the side of the Kingsland stand just to sort of unite more because there's about, I'd say there's about four or five hundred fans over there in the itching that sing their hearts out for 90 minutes and it's just sort of, they're let down by the rest of the stadium. So obviously in the Northern we've got the Kingsland to back us up, but over there in the itching they've just got a group of them in the corner that just sing and they don't really have anyone else to back them up. So yeah, I'd probably move them.
0: Which bank of, of stands would you say is, is the loudest is it is it where you sit or is it itching north
1: yeah it's the northern okay no no question all right Some, sometimes mid-game the itching do make a bit more noise than us but yeah it's the northern
0: and then i don't know so now when you go you you basically go down by yourself or do you meet people there like have you been sitting uh, around the same kind of people all for the past few years or how does that work
1: yeah for the past two years i've been sat in the same seat so i've got a little little group of people around me behind me that i sort of get on with. Um, I don't think any of my mates have got season to the There's obviously there's a couple of close mates that go to games. Um, but yeah, certainly since I moved to Worthing, I've been traveling
0: down on my own and going on my own for three, four years now. So, and do you, do you find that like you enjoy that, that aspect of it? Like the, the getting to the the Um, match on your own and kind of stuff and then seeing everybody or would you rather be on the train with other people that you know, or,
1: well, yeah, when, when I go down, I do sort of see it as like my thing. Um, Obviously, because on Twitter you talk to other fans, but when I when I go to a game, I see it's, it's a very personal thing. I like having my independent time to support the club. But when I go to away games, and um, I like I like to have a group with me. I mean, I went I went to United last season on my own, and an eight hour trip on the coach on your own is not fun. Let me tell you, it's not fun.
0: <laughs> no, and then it's not even like you're you're not even going to really bring a book or anything because you don't want to carry that around. The <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> the match and stuff. Yeah, that would drive me. Yeah. Um <laughs> And so so what's what what other away matches did you go to last year then? Uh last year I went to Arsenal which we lost
1: 2-1. United, we lost 2-0. Uh, Crystal Palace, we lost 3-0. Um I went to West Ham which we won 3-0 and then Watford which was the uh, 4-3. I'd say that one's probably the best one out of all the season, the 4-3 cuz it was just goals galore.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and so which was United then the longest trip then? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just okay. eight hours up on the coach. Wasn't that a we midweek? Actually, was that a midweek game too?
1: It it was a uh, Friday night football. It was the first one, first one of uh, the season. Right, right, right. I why remember. Why would they put an? E- why would they put an evening kickoff from Southampton to Manchester? At least make it two clubs that sort of near, so that fans can get easily to the game. Right,
0: right. And you know they never would have done that. Maybe this is just yeah. me being bitter. They never would have done that to United and making them travel that far. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But maybe I, I shouldn't say that. But I remember. <laughs> I remember watching that because I was um, school had just started for us, so I was at at yeah. work, and I was luckily doing a project where I was just sitting, waiting for people, and so I had the, I had the match on my, my tablet, and so I remember I remember cursing when Zlatan <laughs> scored. I was pissed, but whatever. Anyway, so in addition to to all of that, you were also. You're also writing for, for Reed Southampton and, and the Saints yeah. report. So you mind telling us a little bit about how you got started doing doing the writing?
1: Yeah, well, I've been writing articles for a year or two now. And I sort of just wanted to make the step up and obviously write for Reed Southampton. because uh, It's quite a big thing now. And the, the Reed Network in general, I've done a couple of pieces for Reed Man United, Reed Everton. They've, they've all got like their own little websites um, related to each different Premier League club. And then with the Saints report, me and a couple of mates just wanted to start our own thing and just write just get our opinions out there and just be creative to be honest all
0: right well, that sounds that sounds good and have you gotten any any kind of feedback or any kind of support from from like how does your family feel about you doing the writing do they do they read the stuff or do they they say go for it uh, They go or like why why are you doing that well none, none of my uh, close family really enjoy football um
1: they know they know that i obviously write for different websites and stuff and they like me doing it just because it helps you academically like with college, obviously, gain more experience with writing, no matter if it's about football or what it's about, you're just gaining writing experience.
0: Yeah. All right. That, that's, that makes sense to me. And that's, that's kind of what I think you have to do. You have to practice, practice, practice. And, you know, you get feedback from all over the place and then you, 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 yeah, you get exactly. better at it. Yeah. And so people can find, uh, of course, you're writing at Read Southampton and yeah. then at The yeah. Saints Report, right? Yeah. All right. And we'll put the links to those in the, uh, in the show notes. And you are on Twitter at VANDXJK. Uh, and yeah. somebody noticed yesterday you were not actually right? <laughs> <laughs> Virgil yeah, I Van saw Dyke. That. That's okay. I might I might have to
1: change that when he leaves though. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you know. Uh my, my phone <laughs> my phone case. Um I won like a competition and I have my phone cases is Jose Font and Virgil van Dyke on the back and it's like, man <laughs> I think I think if he goes, I'm just that'll be my excuse to get a new phone as I don't have a case for <laughs> it anymore. But, yeah. Uh, garbage. But I should I should have just gone with Bertrand or somebody, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, like a lot has happened, you know, the past the past yeah. week or so. You know, um, Jamie and I didn't talk about the fixtures because we were busy, um, you know, picking uh, Frank DeBoer to be our manager, and then Mauricio Pellegrino comes out, so that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all right. And then um, it turns out uh, some of the things that Jamie and I were talking about just just weren't an issue. You know, he seems to have. You yeah, know, I was really worried about the uh, the communication aspect, and, and as was Jamie, and that doesn't seem to be an issue, but. I guess let's go ahead and talk about him. I, the, we appointed him last last week. Uh, somebody, One of the Saints fans has to get a tattoo on a not-so-pleasant part of his yeah, body as a result. Um,
1: Speaking of uh, you and Jamie talking about Frank DeBoer, he's, he's just been announced as the Crystal Palace manager. Are you kidding me? Like, since yeah, been literally talking? just now. Yeah, four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he goes. I didn't have any money on it, so so. well. <laughs> Well, J- Jamie said he he put some money on it last week on the podcast, didn't he? He did. He did. Uh, <laughs> crazy.
0: Well, I don't I guess... blame him
1: to be fair because I I thought De was going to be nailed on as our manager, but I yeah,
0: there you go. I don't know. I thought I thought it would have been a good a good fit, but but hey, whatever. Yeah. I think, and I I am very trusting of like you know the 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 kind of established hierarchy of most of most things. And so, you know, I, I trust that you know, my principal at school, he's in charge. And until he proves that he's incapable of, of leading, then I'm going to, I'm going to trust in him. And same thing with our board. I think they're, yeah. you know, they're, they've done their homework. They've probably made the best choice. I just have to get behind them, but I understand not everybody feels that way. So, mm. so yeah. All right. Well now I guess we, I guess that'll be good. And hopefully he'll stick around longer than uh, big Sam did. So yeah <laughs> for them. Um, but let's let's talk about about the manager as much as as much as we know. So we have uh, Mauricio Pellegrino. Obviously, he's uh, from Argentina. Um, has some experience in in the Premier League, uh, both as a player, not a t- ton of matches as a player, uh, and also as a as a as a coach, or as assistant. So, um, what do you what What was your overall impression when we did announce him as the as the manager?
1: Uh,
0: when we did announce him, I was I don't know. It was kind of it's sort of just
1: another manager that personally I hadn't heard of before. Obviously I'd, I'd heard of him but in terms of management I don't tend to look at other leagues apart from the Premier League and the Championships. I, I didn't know what was going on at um, Alaves. I didn't know sort of what job he's doing. But on paper he, people have said that um, he's done a similar job to Puelo. Obviously getting ninth place and doing so well in the Copa del Rey. But I, I don't know. Obviously because I doubt many Southampton fans have watched Alaves week in, week out. So no one has that good of a judgment on what his capabilities are as a manager.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure anybody has watched Elvís week in a week out. Even yeah, you know, I listen to I listen to quite a few podcasts, and one of them is the Spanish football podcast. Yeah, and I guess I guess part of the the reason that I I, I like soccer or football so much is that my my students at school they all watch football, but they're all Barcelona mm-hmm. and Real Madrid fans. So if I can come in with a little stat or something that is is about you know the, that league or something like that. Then they 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 like that a little bit more than if I just try to talk about the Premier League all the time. Yeah. Um, but even even on that show, they don't they don't spend a ton of time talking about all of this. They say, oh, you know, it's 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 kind of the almost a Cinderella type story. Uh, but mm. you know, of course, they got nowhere near you know, winning the league or anything like that. But they were yeah they were playing a style of football that was was not unattractive. He got pegged as being um, defensive early on because he set up. But if you look at kind of his first. Uh, two out of three fixtures he had uh atletico madrid and barcelona i think both away and he got a draw and a yep. win and but he kind of set up to hit him on the counter attack and i think people just looked at how he set up there with a like kind of five defenders and and said oh he's defensive but i don't i don't necessarily think that is that is true we'll, we'll talk about it, i'm sure like the 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 difference between alaves and us is uh, that there are numerous yes. numerous uh differences there so um now, when, when the club went, going back to, I guess, uh, Pochettino, when they announced Pochettino, did you have any idea kind of who he was?
1: Again, no. I had very little knowledge on what, what he was doing previously as a manager. But it, I don't know. I was, I was more, I'm more excited for Pellegrino than I was for Pochettino. I'm not really sure what I'm basing that on, but I'm just more excited this time around, obviously, because we know how much success we can have with unknown managers, obviously, Potuchino, obviously people knew more about Kumin than they did with the other two, but there was still success there at the end of the end of the season and this this time I reckon especially compared to last year we've just got to massively improve the football. Not not necessarily the finish, obviously everyone's saying the cup final and our league position was great on paper, but it is just papering over the cracks of what was probably one of the worst seasons that I've seen from us in recent times.
0: And and when you say that, are you specifically talking about just the way we played and kind of the, the atmosphere that it, it kind of um, produced around the grounds. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, because obviously I, I don't know how much of you watch it, but there's a sort of like a fans cam, the ugly inside, which week in week out has fans on it, discussing what their thoughts on the game. And there's so many contrasting opinions. Um, and fans were just so divided last season on Puel in, Poel out, Redmond starting. Everyone hates Redmond. Gary a good signing he's a waste of money like there's so many different opinions and we we sort of just need to unite and back southampton
0: yeah and and for me like sitting over here in the united states where i can watch like any match that i want yeah. you know um i'm always going to watch southampton because that's my team and that's what i want to watch but honestly sometimes it was it was a lot more fun to to peek over at the at the spurs match and and, and watch yeah. them you know um and i and i dislike everton a lot um I don't know why, but I just do. And then now that Cummins there, it's it's a little bit easier to hate them. But um, you know, they. But even they were a lot of times yeah. fun, more fun to watch and more entertaining. And yeah, uh, you know, trying to get my kids, you know, my my son plays soccer, and so trying to get him to watch a match, it's like, well, if I want him to really like it, <laughs> we got to watch something. You're not that's, going to show him Southampton, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to watch something that's uh, it's uh, slightly different. But you know, at the end of the day. I think for Puel, he just was looking at it as, you know, well, I got the job done in terms of, you know, where we finished and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there were lots of reports coming out that he almost shocked that he wasn't going to be back or, you know, that he he was even in question, but so be it. Um, so, so what are you kind of looking forward to from Pellegrino this year? What do you think that he will do maybe differently than, than Puel did?
1: Um, I think sort of make changes, not necessarily just substitutions, but formations for different games. Puel played quite safe. I think the, the only occasions where he sort of changed up was for that Liverpool semi-final. Both of those legs, he did go very defensively and tried to hit him on the counter. And it worked. So why couldn't he adapt the formation and players for different points throughout the season? I can think of three or four games where if he'd, he'd have changed the formation or changed the style of play, we could have easily won that game and maybe even pushed Everton.
0: Yeah, yeah. And here's here's a question is when you look at the manager, do you want him to kind of impose our style of football on other teams? Do you want us to play a consistent style or would you rather him from game to game change the formation and the tactics to fit that opponent? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, obviously from what I just said, it's a bit sort of I'm going against myself and being a bit of a hypocrite. But I would like us to have a consistent formation and style of play. But then you can have a consistent players but you can still change how you attack the game and how you move forward to obviously get the three points you can do both at the same time you don't need to change every single player like you don't need to whack Sam McQueen in just because Bertram played 2 weeks ago he's he's a professional
0: footballer he can play two games in a week and and sometimes i think that when i watch I like to watch Spurs just because I like watching them play and my best friend's yeah. an Arsenal fan. So I like to, you know, watch their <laughs> rival and give them a little bit of crap. But like um, sometimes, you know, their, their formation changes a bit from time to time, depending on their. Yeah. But nobody ever looks at them and says like, Oh, that's a small team mentality because they're changing, you know, they're adapting their formation to whoever they're playing. And sometimes I, I think that I hear people say, well, you know, if we, if we go up to United and we play, you know, say we play a back five or whatever we do, um, then that's you know that's that's parking the bus or that's this or that's that and that and if we're a big team if we want to be a big team we can't do that. Do you do you agree yeah. with that kind of line of thinking or do you think that it's just it's just good management on on the manager's part to to change things up a little bit? I I think it's
1: good management because you saw countless amount of times big club managers sort of your Chelsea's your United's change their style of play to get the three points. I mean, obviously, you know that Mourinho is just getting draws left, right, and centre. But when he when he decided to whack Ander Herrera on Eden Hazard all game, you knew that was a tactical masterclass, and that sort of essentially won them the game. But I know. I think. I think that was in the uh, FA Cup. Correct me if I'm wrong. But no, I think you're right. He still he still changed it to get the win, and that's what um, that's what managers need to do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: In my opinion, obviously.
0: No, no. I think you I think you're right. Um, let's see, any, any other thoughts on, on the manager, anything you're really looking for?
1: Um, obviously I've read a couple of reports on um, people that know more about Spanish football he says he likes to utilize his full backs and obviously break on the counter so it, it'd be nice to see sort of Cedric and Bertrand have sort of their break up season if you will, they've, they've both been quality this year, but I don't think either of them have got the sort of praise that they deserve, so I reckon this year could be big for them
0: yeah and if he is going to be utilizing them i think it's even more important that we really hold on to both of them over the summer yeah yeah massively bertrand's been linked with with a move away and and now cedric is being linked with i think it's juventus and and maybe a a few other clubs so we'll see And, and it's understandable that they are being looked at but the fact that bertrand has been linked away you look at uh you know i think he still lives near the chelsea training ground and that's always something that people point out but let let the man live where he wants he's he's a young man and he wants to live in a big city leave him alone yeah exactly um i think i think that's good for for the manager portion of it a- and i guess kind of moving forward what what are your expectations on the manager kind of coming into to this season do you think there is um added pressure given that our first kind of 10 matches should be fairly winnable. We should be able to take plenty of points. And I think, is that going to put more pressure on him? Or do you think that that's a, that's a good thing for him to come in and kind of have a, a schedule to be able to really, I, I guess, play with, with the, with the squad and, and figure out what his best squad is.
1: Yeah. I, I think the second option, obviously, because on paper, who is it? Swansea off the top of my head. Swansea, I think the hardest fielder in there in the first opening five, uh, Newcastle as well. As you said, it, it is time to, exchange with the squad, work out your best team. I think from and the first sort of difficult game, if you will, is United, and that's four or five weeks in. So we've got time to sort of experiment, and we've got the whole of preseason. So if he gets his transfers wrapped up pretty soon, we, we can have a start in 11 by the start of August and just start working on it.
0: I want to say that of all the fixtures, of all the, the starting schedules, if you kind of just base it on last year's finishes, we have like the easiest schedule for the first 10 mm. matches. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, it includes it includes Burnley, uh, includes Brighton, includes yeah. uh, West Brom, Newcastle. Um, so you're looking at some teams that are not not super strong. We do have United in there, but we're home, so it, we should be you know we, we should be doing okay. Um, hmm. And I and I I kind of disagree a little bit. I think I think it's going to put more pressure on them because if we're not at the top of the table. I think people will be super quick. Like by the time we play United, that's one, two, three, four, five, six weeks in. If we're not going into that match somewhere near the top of the table, I think people are going to ask, or I think people are going to be upset. Yeah. Um, and I'm really hoping that doesn't happen, but it could go from, you know, bad to worse. If we're not doing well there, then when you look at, I mean, if we have that easy part of the schedule, that means later on it's going to get rough, you know? Um, yeah. And so you're going to, you're going to need, you're need those points and and i don't know we'll, we'll see i think i think we'll be okay but yeah because if you look if you look on to sort of like
1: late november we've got liverpool everton man city all back to back then arsenal a couple of weeks later chelsea a couple of weeks later spurs united it's gonna be a i reckon it'll be a difficult winter so yeah as you said we we gotta crack on with the first sort of 10 or 12 games go get sort of maximum points really there's not Obviously, we don't know what the squad's going to be. We don't know what tactics, but you can't really see us dropping points with any of those first five to ten
0: games. No, and like you said, those that, that November run with Liverpool, Everton, City, and then Bournemouth, which isn't really necessarily an easy game for us either. There's a lot of expectation for us there. Yeah. Um, and then Arsenal, maybe, maybe that easiest run in that stretch is Leicester and then you go to Chelsea and then after that is the, the Christmas fixtures, which just get ridiculous. We play, mm. you know, we play three days apart then we play four days apart. Then we play a day after that. And I mean, that's just, that's just absolutely insane. And it's great. Cause I'm off school. Yeah. Cause I'm, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it sucks for everybody. It sucks for the guys that have to do it. Cause um, that's yeah. going to be, I mean, it, it looks like we're going away for two of those. And so that, yeah. I mean, to have to go to United and then come back, we were talking before we started having to travel United go to United on Sunday or Saturday, sorry, against United and then a Monday match against Crystal Palace. That's just, that's yeah. brutal.
1: And even th- three days, well, four days before United we're in London for Spurs.
0: Yeah. It's like at that point do you even come back to Southampton you just go straight to, straight yeah. to, you know, uh, Manchester. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be, I think that's going to be a little, a bit of a rough, a rough go for us. Yeah. It's probably the, the, the biggest thing and then we end the day or we end the the season uh, against against City, but I, I think that's the the schedule is, is there, and it, it is it is what it is. We can't really control it, but we'll we'll see. And I think I want to say the first. Did we already get a game moved very early on? They they we swapped uh, West Ham yeah, over away. Uh, yeah, West Ham got swapped because they're hosting an athletics tournament
1: of some description at their grounds. So. Yeah, and that's definitely back to back home games.
0: It's definitely not a a football match if it's an athletic event at their home ground. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully the atmosphere, maybe people will cheer, cheer louder for track and field than they will for them. (laughs) (laughs) I should just stop because it's it's not, it's mean, but um, I don't know. We're looking at coming in on the the start of the transfer window here pretty soon. Um, Yeah. Now that we have the manager kind of in place and I know Les Reed does a lot of the, the negotiations and the and the scouting and all that stuff. But what do you you know, what, what do you what do you think about our, our transfer thing? What, where do we need to strengthen this year, do you think?
1: In terms of position wise, Jamie said it last year and I am literally just gonna echo that we need centre backs. Right. I mean there's that there's that long old discussion. You could have it for years. Is Stevens good enough to replace Jose Fon? In my opinion, no, he's not. He's he's massively stepped up when he's been called upon. Obviously for that Liverpool game he was probably one of the best players on the pitch and that was sort of one of his first ever games in the Premier League for us. Mm-hmm. And he stepped up when he's needed to, but moving forward, I don't think he's good enough to be a regular starter because people looked at him this year, like opponents, and said, Who's Stevens? Like why why is he playing? And obviously we can't have teams obviously get complacent against us because we'll just crumble.
0: Right. In my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a valid, that's a valid point. And we did go out and it, it, uh, reportedly we have a guy coming in to get him, have medical today. Uh, yeah. At center back. But I don't think from what I've read that he is going to be the guy to, uh, to step into that and, and replace that, that role. Right. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's ready for that, at least from what I've read. And then granted, I've only seen one match from him, but when he played he, he was sent off, he got two yellows and then he didn't, he didn't look, uh, all that great, but I've reached out to a guy who writes on Polish football. So hopefully he can give us some more information on that. If he gets back to me. So is, is that
1: the, uh, Polish guy, Bednarek? Yes, Ed- Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I haven't, li- I literally, I don't tend to watch football, as I said, apart from the premier league and the championships, I've, I've got no knowledge on him whatsoever.
0: And, and I, I think it does say something and maybe this is unfair. Uh, cause we, of course, James Ward Prowse and Nathan Redmond both are currently playing for the under 21s, but are the under 23s, yeah. whatever it is. But you know, he, Vendorak uh, is playing for the under 21s for Poland. He's not playing on the senior team in that maybe he has yeah. caps outside of, outside of this tournament. But to me, that says, you know, you're not quite at that level where I would want you to be a starter. Um, but like yeah, I but said, then you,
1: you look at the, sorry, just to like put a point against you. If you look at the rest of our team, I'd say probably Ramay one of, maybe the best players in our team, but he's, he's nowhere near the Spanish squad. Right. Cause so, so if Poland don't have the best international team. So I, I don't know, obviously different opinions.
0: Yeah, no, no, maybe, maybe it's completely unfair, but I'm just looking at, yeah, at, you know, paper. just trying to, yeah. And going like, you know, well, if, if he was the starting center back for the Polish team, which is not the strongest team, maybe that would make it uh, a little bit better, but uh, I totally, I, I get yeah. your point. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, some people, I forget exactly where I, where I read this, but the, they put out like a transfer, like the record transfers for, um, mm-hmm. each, each team and looking at it, it's like almost every single club, their record transfer happened either 2016 or 2017. And just the, yeah. the, the, the money people are paying for players is, is outrageous. Um, for instance, back in 2012, Jay Rodriguez was our, you know, our, our record transfer fee and he's at only 7 million, um, yeah. which is, is a lot of money. Cause I don't, you know, I'm probably never going to have that much money period, but like, you know, then you look at, at the player we're getting in, in Buffalo and we're paying, you know, uh, around 21, if, it, if it all works out kind of the same way. Um, do you, do you see this as, as just what part of football and what's going to happen? Or do you think, uh, do you think we'll wind up breaking that at any point this season? Or do you think that'll be, that, that record's going to stick around for us for a while,
1: well obviously inflation in football money's always going to rise obviously i think I think it's rumored to be about twenty million for Buffalo with add-ons and all mm-hmm. the bonuses and stuff i I can't see that being broken this season um obviously it depends who we lose and who we bring in because obviously, if we lose someone big, obviously Van Dyke's rumored to go Bertrand might be going. Cedric, Ramey, all these names that could be going, we we may end up having to break that transfer record to obviously keep up with our sort of seventh to ninth league finish.
0: Yeah, it, but when I look at that, and I look at some of the players we brought in over the past few years, mm. I think our scouting department's done a really good job because I don't see, you know, Tadic yeah. isn't on that list, Ramey is not on that list, uh, Wanyama, Van Dijk, all those guys yeah. you know, that are really, really good players... I think we've done a really good job and I think people are onto us a little bit. I think the prices that we want that we're going to pay for players are going to start to go up. And I think you're going to pe- see people yeah. tack on more and more sell on clauses because they know that, you know, if, yeah. if we're after them, then there must be something there. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and I it's
1: saw sort of going to ruin our transfer policy in a sense. Cause as you said, if they think, Oh, Southampton want to bid for him. Well, that'll be 50 mil then please. Like obviously yeah. if they know that our scouting team sees something in them, then they're obviously going to boost up the price.
0: Yeah. And I think that was what somebody kind of said that we were overpaying for uh, Bednarak is uh, if we see something in him, then he must be worth it. And so the price goes up a little bit. But, well, hmm. you know, only time will tell. We'll see if he if he has the medical and if he gets announced or, or whatever. I'll yeah, I'll be hopefully, you know, at tw- I think he's 21 or something like that. And at, maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but at that age, you got to be getting close to the first team you know you're not signing to play the under 21s right so Mm. or or under 23s whatever it is i don't know so i don't know we'll we'll see i i I gotta i gotta trust him again so um yeah all right i I have a few questions for you and then we have some listener questions uh if you don't mind moving that direction yeah sure um i want to know what what kind of your opening day lineup is Ooh. And and granted, like this is still during the season. I'm, I'm also going to ask you for your, your opening your your lineup for September 9th and February 3rd, which are the two win, after just the first matches after the two windows close. So what, what okay. you, basically it's it's a roundabout way of asking you who who's leaving, uh, at what point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but opening okay. opening day, who do you think who do you think starting for us? Forster, Cedric, Van Dyke.
1: Well, is is Van Dyke back for the opening day? Maybe I don't know. I, I'm good. With, I'm good with you saying it because at least we'll go. We'll go with him. I yeah, think, I think he's meant to, rumored to be back. I'm going to stick my neck out and say Yoshida to start at centre back because I don't. I don't see the club signing a marquee starting centre back because obviously Bednarak, We don't know enough about him to obviously predict that he's going to start ahead of Yoshida. Um, obviously, Japan and Poland are different, but Yoshida's in the Japanese squad, scores goals, starts regularly. Ben Narak, although he's a bit younger, sort of, as you said, isn't near the national team, but obviously we can't judge because we don't know that much about him. We'll go Bertrand left back, and then it's, do I go, because personally, me, I really like the diamond. I think it really worked for us, but then we sort of wasted having Redmond up front, so I'm going to go for a 4321 i will stick Romeo and I'm going to go with a bit of a risk. I'm going to put James Wall-Prowse next to Romeo as sort of like a deep line playmaker sort of position. Okay. Because um, we we saw him for I don't know if you watched it, but the England uh, is it under twenty threes or under twenty ones, Which, whichever one it was in the uh, I think it's the under twenty one Euros. Right. He sort of played a he sort of played a deeper role with um, Chalabar and Baker, and it was interesting to see him not sort of bursting forward every ten minutes, and it's just interesting to see him in a deeper role. So I put him there. Then I'll go with. Uh, yeah, I am aware. I'm putting no new signings in here. That's about <laughs> okay. That's just because I don't trust the board. But <laughs> we'll go Buffal, Tadic, and Redmond. Then obviously, I, I don't know Gabadini or Austin. It's difficult because I I can't see them both playing. In all honesty, um, I've, I've got to go Gabadini, haven't I? Austin on the bench though.
0: And then let's 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 fast forward. Um... Okay to let's go let's jump to February so after that's the close of two transfer windows and and granted we don't know who they're going to sign but what 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 changes what players do you think are not there maybe what holes are in that in that lineup
1: yeah I can see Van Dyke staying to the summer that's the main one it's it's difficult because with Southampton you literally just don't know if last year if you just told me oh yeah Font will be leaving in January and you won't sign a replacement and Stevens will start for you for four months I would not have believed you
0: no no chance you just
1: you just don't know who's leaving I, I don't want him to but I feel like Cedric could leave to sort of someone a bit better than us but not a top club he, he won't go to Juventus that, that won't happen he'll sort of go to a certified Europa League team maybe like a Fiorentina or sort of a Basel someone like that right. Um, and I can I can see him doing quite well at a team like that but I don't want him to leave us I think he's Quality. He was probably my player of the season last year. Obviously, along with Romero and Van Dijk.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I thought he was he was great, and he was. Uh, I think at least with like two or three weeks left, he was the best crosser of the ball. That's like my one yeah. my one Cedric stat. Yeah, uh, most accurate crosser. And so, yeah. Uh, that I mean, that's what we want. We want guys getting forward and attacking. And and I I was pretty harsh on him uh, early on. I didn't think he was he was doing a lot. I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna ask you what what would be your lineup for obviously the I think it's. West Brom, the one on Fe- February? Yeah. Um, what how do you think are going to be in
0: there? See, this is why I, I asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I desperately want everybody to be there, uh, just like the opening yep. day lineup, but I I have a feeling we'll be missing probably either Van Dyke or Cedric. I think one of them, at least one of them, will be gone. And it sucks because I, I love Van Dyke, but I, it's probably going to be Van Dyke. I, if I had to pick one of those guys to leave, it would probably be him. Um, and I have a feeling we will have Stevens and Ishida be our starters at that point. I don't think we'll I have. It. Uh, I don't think we'll have another Marquez center back. And I think people will be upset about it. But that's just kind of what I'm what I'm seeing or what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have a feeling we're going to wind up. You know, if we played a four-two-three-one, and you had Remyu and Ward Prowse play those kind of deep line roles. Yeah. It gives you the opportunity to, to put in, you know, Redmond and Buffal and Gabidini yeah. or Redmond and and Tadic and Gabidini. um mm. but I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who there. I think I think Redmond has to start for me. I think that he offers a lot of pace for us, and he's more yeah. he's more direct than than Tadic and Buffal, who I think are very similar players.
1: Because you could really you could really tell when Redmond wasn't on the pitch at times last season. Like if, sometimes Buffal was there, and I was thinking, has he been on the whole time? Like obviously last year is different, difficult for Sofiane Ambefar because it was his first season in the league and obviously he got he got so much criticism unfairly the majority of it I think because it's his first season like it doesn't matter if he's our record signing or if he costs 500k it's his first season in the best league in the world you've got to give him a chance
0: yeah absolutely absolutely I don't know and I don't know if I want to see his play with, with, with two strikers or not I think mm. I don't know I, I kind of I don't know. I, I, I like the four, two, three, one. Um, I like the four through three as well, but I, yeah. I I don't know. I think sometimes the four through three helps because it gives us, I think, I think we have a very good midfielder in Romelu, but I think you give yeah. him that one extra layer of protection. You give him the extra midfielder. And if we can, if we can play that against a two man midfield, I think that helps. Um, yeah. but especially because our, our, uh, our fullbacks can get forward and, and kind of help out in the attack. So we, it protects us a little bit more, I think, but I, I could be completely wrong. Mm. But, um, I don't know we got, we got quite a few listener questions and we obviously do not have time to answer them all. Um, yeah. but it, looking through there, um, just kind of pick one or two in your head. We kind of answered that first one from, from Holy Hoiberg. Um, Blake's got a good question. He wants to know why you don't shave the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's iconic. I any reason I'm keeping it. <laughs> all right. Um, so the Southampton page has a question about the Saints Report. I guess we can go with that one for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the launch of the Saints Report, like, what, what do you see? How do you see the project doing, or how far do you see it going?
1: Well, um, the, the Saints Report is obviously just a place for obviously me and my mates and other writers who obviously we all don't know as well to just get our opinions out there, and just we're just going to get consistent articles, news, transfers regular tweets like the account's going to be very active and we got we got quite a good admin team and um all of us at uh, the saints report have known each other for quite a long time so there's quite a lot of trust there so i can i can see this project going quite far i mean the sky's the limit with it to be honest i mean it's just like when you started these podcasts you probably didn't expect to sort of have like regular guests on there and sort of enjoy it as much as you do
0: no it was i mean honestly this is a it was a way to kind of talk about the team i didn't get to talk about yeah southampton i had to talk about arsenal all the time because that's what my friend best friend is a arsenal fan he's, just, he's, he's slightly yeah. tends to dominate conversation a little bit so uh, <laughs> this is a way for me to talk to other people and learn because i you know it's all big learning experience for me but yeah but yeah I, I understand that 100 percent. ewan campbell who is at ewan campbell one n i think it's n i asks are we content with not spending too much in net spend if we have a similar season to last season in terms of position in a cup final? For me, yeah.
1: For me personally, it's it's not about net spend. It's sort of who you bring in. Because we could spend 30, 40 mil on players, but not sell anyone. Our net spend will look really positive if we finish in the bottom half of the table. It's a poor season, so I don't I don't think net mm-hmm. spend and sort of league position are Sort of relatable they can't really be compared um in terms of are we content with not spending much if we have a similar season to last to yeah if we don't if we don't spend a lot and we finish 8th and obviously get into the cup final I'd be content with that obviously if the football improved because that was my main critic of Claude I was just the football in terms of obviously we've all said it it's just papering over the cracks mm-hmm. with the league finish and the cup final
0: yeah yeah okay uh, you, you want to ask another question? Says, "What are our three most valuable players to other teams?" What do you think? Obviously, you got to stick Van Dyke on there. Uh,
1: I'd go. I'd probably go Van Dyke and and I'd like to say Cedric, but I feel he's most valuable. Not. I'd might go James wall Prouse just for. Obviously, he's only young and. The things that he's doing—it's just quality. I, I really like him, and I think he's really improved under Puelo. And I'm I'm sort of low-key worried what he'll be like under uh, Pellegrino, because obviously under kuman, I don't think he had the best of times. I think he had one good game, which was against West Brom, where he scored a free kick and a pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just sort of worrying as to whether, like, which players are going to thrive under Pellegrino which are going to sort of like die out. Cause obviously Shane Long under Puel was sort of nothing compared to what it was under Koeman.
0: Right. Well, and I think it's down to the style that we had too, you know, yeah. that style, yeah, that course. technical style did not fit Shane Long at all. Cause that's just not, it's mm. <laughs> not him. Um, I think we saw what he can do best when he was on that counterattack against Liverpool, you know, that that's how he scores goals. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a question for you and it's, it's not necessarily one that was on here, but uh, it goes back to, I was on, uh, another podcast the other day and we were talking about, uh, you yep. know, just mainstream media and, you know, kind of where people go to get stuff. So, um, James Ward Prowse now, is he, for you guys over in the UK, does he get played up as, as the up and coming star, the rising star of from Southampton? Is he somebody that where a lot of um, expectation has been placed on him, uh, at all for um, you guys, like either from whether it's sky sports or from the club or what do you, what do you see is, about, about him? James Ward-Prowse is sort of a
1: difficult one because he's been he's been at the club since he was 11 or 12. So, obviously, in terms of Southampton media, he's all, he's always been a wonder kid, sort of up-and-coming talent. In terms of Sky Sports, I don't, I don't think he gets the plaudits he deserves because, obviously, there's other players like Rashford, um, well, Damara Gray, Martial, even though he's not English. They all sort of, all wonder kid, going to be the next sort of big star but Wolf prouse has recently broken into the england team he's what's he now is he 21 22 think so somewhere around there and he's broken into the england team he's i'd say now he's got a starting spot in southampton who were the eighth best club in the best league in the world um so i I don't think he really gets the media coverage that he deserves in terms of the pressure being put on him i I don't think there's an awful lot of pressure on him to be honest, because obviously he's not one of the ones that got the big money move away. Lalana Shaw, they all were sort of touted as being great future stars, and got their big money moves away to these big clubs. Walprow stayed put, has worked hard, and sort of it's now paying off.
0: You know, just maybe has he? Is he not quite peaked yet? Is he getting there, or is he just not? Uh... Is he not I, really I think he's rated. on his. I think
1: he's on his way because obviously him and him and Redmond, I'd say, are in quite a similar place. Have been playing in the Premier League for a number of years. So both just broken into the England squad. And I'd say, I'd say it's easier for Walprows to break in because in terms of wingers and wide players, it's quite difficult for Redmond to get in the England squad above Chamberlain, Walcott, Sterling. Uh, many players can play out on the wide, but in terms of central midfield, I mean, we had Eric Dyer and Jake Livermore. I mean, if that shows the quality of England's midfield that we're having to play Jake Livermore in competitive matches, then we sort of need to look elsewhere. And I think James ward Prowse could be the answer and the long term answer for English national football.
0: All right. Yeah, I agree.
1: Obviously, I'm quite biased because I'm a Southampton
0: fan, but <laughs> um, I have one question for you. And it came in uh, via direct message because it's a bit uh, a little bit longer. Um, from from Robbie from at Saints France. And he he kind of couches this as, uh, you know, he wants to say that he likes a lot of the accounts and all this stuff, but he has a question. It says, when people have um, player-based accounts, so like yours is at Van Dyke's and we have Holy Hoiberg and we have, you know, Mystic Maya and all these other things that are hilarious and make me laugh. um, But he says, uh, when you have that, do you think it makes it more difficult to be objective when you're you're writing and not let that, that kind of whether that that bias kind of come through. Yeah. So I do do understand that, but
1: obviously in terms of you're you're obviously going to want to put out on social media who you support, as in either your picture on there, whether it's your Twitter at your handle, or your name or your picture. You're always going to have Southampton on there somewhere. So I feel obviously it's always going to add a bit of bias when you write in terms of like my writing in particular, it's sort of just for Southampton fans, so I don't, I don't really care about bias in terms of that because if a Southampton fan reads my work, they're not going to go, oh, he only cares about Southampton because he supports them, because the person reading will support them as well. Right, right. Now it the- would be different if I, uh, sorry, it would be different if I wasn't sort of writing for a Southampton-based network or the Saints Report, which is obviously just going to be about Southampton. It'd be different, and I would understand his point, but I think it's sort of a bit invalid.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Now, do you think that, I guess, would you be open to, you know, criticizing Van Dyke as easily as maybe you criticize Yoshida or or Stevens? Uh, You Obviously,
1: me, me personally. Yeah. Okay, well, probably not because I wouldn't say I'm related to, I've made my account Van Dyke with an X because he's my favorite player. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the squad. But my favorite player is Steven Davis. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to criticize players fairly because I am i don't tend to get biased. I'm not going to sort of live in dream world and think Van Dijk's this godly center back who's just waiting for the call from Barcelona. He, he's a football player. He makes mistakes. And I am going to call him out on that. But for the past season, I haven't seen him make too many of those.
0: And, and like, like I said, he, he had this whole kind of write-up about just he really – he didn't want to put it out there the wrong way, but he just was wondering about about that. So he's he's not at all criticizing uh, anybody. He just yeah. wanted to, to yeah. He figured a good discussion point. And since you had the name, I figured I'd I'd ask you. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that does it for for me in terms of questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to kind of talk about?
1: Um, obviously, you're uh, Matt Maldon on Twitter. And what, what would be your opinion on sort of the in inverted comment? football Twitter? Obviously, having. Your picture as a footballer and having your at as a footballer's name with like a bit of alliteration, as you said, mystical Maya or
0: yeah, what uh, would be your
1: opinion on football Twitter as a whole?
0: Uh, for me, I I don't mind it. I think it makes it a little bit, um, for instance, when when we first started talking about you coming on the show, I yeah. it, it gives me less of an idea of who you are. Um, and so it makes it, that's why I went and, and, and asked Jamie, you know, what do you know about this guy? Because I, I need to know kind of who I'm dealing with almost, um, because you could be any age, any, anybody. So that, that part of it kind of is, is one thing. Um, but I think when you write for Reed Southampton, you know, your name's on there, right? You don't, you you can have your at up there, but your name is also there. And so that, that helps. Um, I I always, you know, tend to look at those accounts and I guess, if I look at them, my first reaction is that it's, it's going to be a bit more silly. Like I, it's probably not going to be all serious all the time. Um, most people that put their full names up there are not just going to, I can't even say that because you look at some of those people. I was going to say that most people that put their full names up there are not just going to go out and try to hammer people, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't, that's not true. (laughs) The internet does, does weird things to people because, uh, people go after each other all the time. But, um, yeah, no, no, that it doesn't bother me at all really. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I was really, I mean, when I was making the, the podcast, Twitter, I was very aware that I was putting my name, um, on it as a, even though the at is at SFC delivery, I, I was very aware that my name was up there and I wanted it to be that way. Yeah. Uh, just in case people wanted to look it up and see who, you know, who, who I actually was, whether they do it on Facebook or, or elsewhere. So that, that's, that's my mm-hmm. take on it, I guess. Okay. But yeah, um, I do have one last, one last thing and I know we we've gone over the hour mark here, but we'll, we'll edit it down. Um, yeah. So you just you just have applied to uh, to do theater, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you had one Saints player, you had to do like a like a, like an act with like a a, a scene with <laughs> a show with who? Yeah, who would you who who's your who's your your partner or whatever in that? Who would you pick?
1: Um, it's a difficult one. I don't know. I feel. I'd, I'd probably go with Jay Rodriguez at the moment because you see sides of him where he's acting seriously, but then you you see like Snapchats of him on the Southampton Snapchat and that's in a bit like a Joker. So I'd probably go him because he's quite versatile and I feel like he could do a range of range of roles and characters. All
0: right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know. What I was expecting to say. I think that's good because you got to have somebody who can do it all, right? Yeah, exactly. You yeah, have the. Uh, uh, I don't know it's good and I know nothing about theater so (laughs) that's it just seemed like a good question at the time so yeah anyway all right man well uh I appreciate you coming on the show and and taking the time to do this I know we've gone over a little bit but you know
1: thanks for having me on
0: oh my pleasure man my pleasure and uh yeah and we'll we'll have had to get you back on again and uh, check in on the Saints report and yeah definitely and all that stuff so uh we will uh we'll talk to you soon and uh enjoy the rest of your day and uh yeah thanks See you. All right, later. And once again, we'd like to thank Jem for joining the show. You can find Jem on Twitter and follow him at V-A-N-D-X-J-K. And uh, we'll have to see if that, that at will stick around after the conversation that we had. And also, depending on whether or not Virgil van Dyke sticks around for... This year, and we we hope he does because he is you know one of the best defenders in in Europe and definitely one of the best players, the brightest spots on our team. Hopefully, his energy and focus will be on our team on the field uh, come the start of the season. Um, and if he goes elsewhere, he he goes elsewhere. There's nothing really we can, we can do about it at this point. But um, you know the whole it seems like some things are happening. It seems like since we, uh, recorded, uh, that Liverpool are not going to be punished for, uh, their conversations with Van Dyke over trying to get him to join the club. Um, but Hey, there's nothing really, if we can do about that either, we're not in control of that. So, uh, be sure to follow Jim. And if you want to follow this show, you can do so at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I V E R Y on Twitter and you can like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash SFC dellivery. There's no underscore in the Facebook address. And we appreciate you uh, subscribing to the feed, whether it be an iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google play, tune in radio, or get your podcast. And, uh, also connecting with us on social media, like we said. So, um, any, any feedback you have, we're always here to take it. We're always happy to hear it. And, um, Yeah. I just want to thank you again for, for listening and we will be back next week with another episode, uh, the transfer window getting closer and closer. So, uh, we will be back to discuss that and anything else that happens between now and then, and the the past two weeks, as soon as we've recorded and put it out, something has happened. One week we got rid of a manager. One week we announced a manager. So who knows what will happen this week. Um, We will just have to wait and see. So uh, once again, thank you for listening to the show, for downloading and all that stuff. And uh, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram uh, for match day edits, polls, competitions, and more. Be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page has been a supporter of this show from the very beginning. He did the show's logo. He's been a guest and I can't thank him enough. So be sure to check out. We are Southampton on Instagram for all of your saints related needs, edits, all that stuff. Uh, just check it out. So, um, I think that does it for this episode and, uh, until next time, remember that together we march on.